Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Dave, and you are listening to the Chase the Summit Trail Talk podcast, where it's kind of like you're out on a run with me and I won't stop talking because I have a microphone and you don't. Welcome back to the show. I know it's been a minute uh, since I've uploaded an episode of this podcast, and that's for good reason, uh, which I'm going to talk about in this episode today. I'm basically going to give you a download on what's been going on in my personal life. We'll also cover some of the fitness tech news along with some ultra running news that I want to talk about today. And of course, near the end of this episode, I will take listener Q&A. Before we get there, though, I do want to thank the Patreon members and YouTube members for their continued support. If you don't know what that is, it's a select group of people who are contributing every month to help me keep doing the thing I'm doing here, which really means a lot to me. Um, If you're interested in supporting the show or the YouTube channel, check out the link at the bottom of the show notes. Uh, It's a pretty easy sign up process. And I'm going to start doing more exclusive things on Patreon, like random live streams and maybe some more behind the scenes videos, because even though I'm not putting out a lot of content right now, there's a lot going on behind the scenes and I should probably share some of it because it might be interesting to somebody. Uh, I also want to give a quick shout out to the merch store. If you like the podcast, you like what I'm doing here and you want a really sweet trucker hat or a new running shirt, check out the merch store over at chasetosummit.com slash shop. Um, I've still got a discount code that's available. It's BFCTS20. That'll give you 20% off your entire order. That's a Black Friday discount code I've just been letting ride for a while now. It's mid-February and I'm still still haven't turned it off. So make use of it while you can. And um, yeah, thank you for that. Okay. So I want to give you the overarching... I'm, I'm in a bit of a running slump right now. Um... So if you've been listening to the podcast or you've watched the YouTube channel, you might know like a month ago, back in January, I broke my toe. I dropped a laptop on it. It was a dumb accident and I broke my toe. Now, since then, I have run a combined two miles and those two miles were extremely painful. It was stupid. I shouldn't have run at all. But I was going stir crazy and I decided to give it a shot against my better judgment and my wife yelling at me not to try to run. I still tried and it went poorly. Um, So that's why you haven't seen a lot of vlog videos or, you know, running related content, because honestly, I have not been running a lot. uh, And what I have been doing has been very limited for the purpose of testing devices and things like that. Now, This has been really hard on me because I feel like this injury is so stupid, like it could have been avoided, but, um, you know, obviously accidents happen and, and it happened to me. So now because of that stupid lapse in judgment to put, to balance my laptop up on a ladder, I can't run, um, And it's been kind of weighing down on me. I've been pretty bummed out. I've been pretty depressed about it. Um, because really my outlet, the thing that makes me happy is getting outside and getting some fresh air. And especially now here in the Northeast, it's been unseasonably warm outside. So it's been really hard for me to go like walk to the bus stop to get my kids. And you know, it's today, it's like 60 degrees Fahrenheit. It's beautiful out and I can't run. 
drive me crazy. So what I have been doing is going for little walks here and there just to stretch the legs, try to do something and move around. And uh, today I actually brought the, we have like a spin bike. I got out of storage and I brought it to, to the new house and I'm going to be putting some miles in on that to keep my cardio up while my foot heals. And in terms of the foot itself, good timing. Uh, I actually had a doctor's appointment this morning where they did a, a follow-up x-ray to see how it's healing. And it's actually healing really well. Um, there's still a fracture. It's still like there's a little chip and uh, you can visibly see where the, you know, that fracture is, but it is uh, filling in and it's like three quarters of the way there. The doctor I spoke with kind of begged me not to run. <laughs> he was like, you're going to set yourself back if you try to run on this. So he said to give it like two or three more weeks and then, you know, hopefully we'll be in the clear. Now that's going to be tricky because I've got two races on the calendar for May, early May, mid-May. I've got a 50K and a 50-miler. And without any training, I mean, I think my foot will be fine by then, but my training's kind of going in the crapper because I haven't been able to run. So it's going to be, it's going to be tough. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm basically going to be going into a 50 miler, not only a 50 miler, but a really difficult 50 miler at the way pack and back. That's got 13,000 or 11,000 feet of elevation gain, um, in 50 miles and minimal training. So, um, you know, I don't really know what to do about that. I kind of want to just go, but, uh, you know, I should probably play it by ear. And in terms of races, I'm currently, uh, waitlisted for Vermont for the Vermont 100. I'm like number 20 out of, you know, a couple hundred people on the waitlist. I think I'm going to get into that. So that's a mid July. I should be okay to run that as long as I can get back on my feet. And then other than that, I really don't have any other races for the whole summer. And I've basically run out of time at this point. Uh, I've still got my eye on a couple of races that have openings like the Havelina 100. I've been considering they still have a handful of spots open and the Eastern States 100 down in um, Pennsylvania, which I've had my eye on for a couple of years. Uh, both of those are sort of destination races and, you know, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that, but you know, that's, that's what I'm looking at. And you know what? The other big distraction in my life has been right now has been where I'm sitting at this very moment. And that is the new YouTube studio. Um, so we bought a new house, uh, what, four months, five months ago now. And just recently I had the attic space completely renovated into a new workspace for me. And it's very exciting. I'm, I'm sitting up here now. It's basically done. I've got electricity up here. I've got, uh, you know, paint on the walls and carpet on the floors and it looks awesome. So this week I've been in the process of migrating all of my gear from the old YouTube studio into the new studio. And it's been a lot of work. It's been very distracting, which again is why you haven't seen a lot of content for me. And again, I apologize for that. I promise we're going to be back on track very soon. And not only are we going to be back on track, I'm going to be fire, firing on all cylinders because I've got some big changes coming up, big life changes. And there's a lot of exciting things going on in the world of fitness tech and on the YouTube channel. 
So stay tuned for all of that. Okay? Stay tuned for all of that. Okay, with all of my my banter, my jib-jab out of the way, let's move right into some of the news this week. Uh, first, I want to talk about a little, little piece of running news, ultra-running news. Uh, there's a runner out there, a woman named Candace Burt. If you're an ultra runner, you probably know who she is. She's a race director for all of the big um, 200 mile ultra marathons, like the Tahoe uh, Ultra. We've got the Bigfoot, Bigfoot 200, the Moab 200 or 240. And she's the race director for Destination Trail races, which is very cool. She's also a very accomplished ultra marathon runner. And currently, she's on track to set the world record for con- most consecutive days running an ultramarathon every day. So get this. Candace Burt has run 103 50Ks in a row every single day for 103 days. This woman has run a 50K. <laughs> that is bonkers, bananas, and just imagine that. That's like in three months running 3,000 miles. So uh, really impressive. And not only has she done this with a smile on her face, according to Instagram, but she's also gotten frostbite on her foot. So she actually on her, I think it's her right foot. She's on her big toe. She's got a big patch of frostbite uh, that she ended up getting on like day 80 or something like that. It was very cold out and she got frostbite and that did not stop her. She's still continuing to run every day. Every, every day she runs a 50 K and today, I believe, is day 103. It's either 102 or 103, but um, yeah, really crazy. By the time you hear this, she'll probably on be on day 105 or something. But if you don't follow her, I'll put a link to her Instagram in the show notes uh, so you can jump over there and see what's going on because she updates her IG just about every day to keep everyone in the loop. But a uh, really impressive accomplishment there. And I, I just have to wonder, like, what does that do to the human body running a 50 K every day? Is that good or bad? I mean, I, I'm sure her endurance is like through the roof, but I have to wonder like if there's never an opportunity for the muscles to rebound and recover, like what is there a breaking point? How many days can you run an ultra for before your body's like, screw this. I need a break. So I hope, hope she can get through it. Um, unscathed, no injuries. And so far she has, except for that frostbite. Uh, Moving right along into tech news. So there's a rumor out there that's been reported on various websites. I think I saw this on Notebook Notebook Check. It's kind of like a tech website where they say that Garmin has been developing a new skin sensor, a new skin temperature sensor rather. So it's been found in the Garmin Connect app that there's a screen that's like a graph that displays skin temperature. And there's currently no devices on the market from Garmin that have a temperature sensor built into the watch. So this is something entirely new, but it is buried in the code of the Garmin Connect app, which has people wondering, is this coming in a future update? Is this going to be like the ECG update that came to the Garmin um, Venue 2 Plus a little while ago where 
the a device that's been out for six months got a new feature because it has a sensor that was built into it that no one knew about. And now they've enabled that sensor. So you now have ECG on your Garmin watch. Um, this is pretty interesting because skin temperature sensing is pretty valuable if you if you use it the right way. So like Apple uses this to track uh, women's menstrual, menstrual cycles, which is one way of using that sensor. But I could also imagine where you could use that sensor for tracking your wellness, uh, you know, maybe taking your temperature throughout the night, seeing if you're coming down with an illness or something and your, your body temperature is elevating, and even for recovery. Um, so this could be pretty interesting if we see this come out on a device. Again, this is a rumor. I'm talking pure speculation here, uh, but it is an interesting rumor, and it would be cool to see this new sensor come out on new Garmin devices coming soon, hopefully. Uh, the next piece of tech news I've got this week is from Whoop, the Whoop Band. If you're unaware, the Whoop Band is a basically a bracelet uh, that you wear on your wrist, or you can wear it on your bicep, or even in your clo clothing, and it tracks your HRV, your uh, stress, your recovery, and your sleep. And the Whoop app has some you know, magic sauce to it where it really displays this in a very usable way. And it's a, it's a pretty interesting platform. I've done a couple of reviews on the Whoop platform. And while I do like it, I had a couple of, you know, issues with it. One was the membership fee, uh, which was pretty darn expensive. And then, you know, the other is that it's basically just a band with no display. It's not really a watch or anything like that. It's just a band for tracking your wellness, which could be a pro or a con. So what's new with Whoop? Well, they've made some updates to their member pricing. This is a big deal because like I said, one of the major drawbacks to the Whoop platform was the cost. And it was really, really expensive. And it still is very expensive, but it's a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit more acceptable now. So Whoop updated their member pricing. They've now lowered the price of their 24-month and 12-month packages. So you can prepay for the membership for an entire year or two years. And by doing that, you actually get a price break because you're pre prepaying. So the 12 month membership is now $239. That's actually down, uh, down $61 from the previous pricing. So it was closer to $300 before now it's 239. This is a uh, USD by the way. And then the 24 month membership is down to $399 and that's down $81 from the previous pricing. So like I said, it's still pretty expensive, but it is more affordable now. And I do like that. Unfortunately, the month to month membership that stays the same at 30 bucks a month. They didn't discount that at all. Really. They're hoping to drive people into longer term memberships to, you know, maximize, um, the money, I guess. Another big update from Whoop is that they've now implemented a lifetime warranty for the Whoop band itself. They say that as long as you're a Whoop member, you'll get a free replacement on defective devices, including the battery packs for the life of your membership. There is some fine print here, but the moral of the story is if you break your Whoop band or it breaks unexpected, un unexpectedly or the battery pack start, stops charging or something like that, they will send you a free replacement, which is great to see. And this is a lifetime replacement. 
Also, on top of that, they are offering um, a discount on replacement devices that are simply lost. If you, you know, go for a swim and it falls off and it's gone forever, they will give you a discounted replacement device. It's not free, but it is discounted, which is kind of nice. If you are interested in Whoop, I'll have a link. Uh, I have a like an affiliate link with Whoop, and I'll drop that in the show notes down below so you can get a discount off your order, and it does help me out a little bit as well. So <laughs> go check that out. Okay, with that out of the way, that's all the news I got this week. Not a whole lot going on in the world of fitness tech. Things are kind of slow right now, given that's the first quarter of the year, but I do expect things to pick up quite a bit as we go into the spring. So uh, let's dive right into listener Q&A. Now, if you're unaware, if it's the first time you're listening to this podcast, basically this segment, I go on Instagram, I put up a story that says, ask me anything, and you can type in a question that I will read live on the air on the podcast and answer you without any pre-planning. I don't go through and read these beforehand. I read them on the fly and I just kind of come up with a response which is good or bad, I, I don't really know. But um, I find it entertaining and I hope you do too. So if you want to have your question featured on the podcast, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Chase the Summit and keep an eye out for that story. And if you, if, if you miss the story and you just want to send in a question, you can just send me a DM on Instagram. That works also. Or you can just send me an email by going to chasethesummit.com slash contact and sending me a message through the contact form. Any of those things work and you will be featured on the podcast. Okay. Okay. So the first question I have is from old bloke running. Do you have any updates on the Apple watch ultra? Are you wearing it daily or have you stuck with your Garmin? Good question. So the Apple watch ultra is a watch I really like, and if you've watched my favorite things from 2022 video on YouTube, you know it made my you know, top favorite things list, but it was also alongside some garments. Let me answer your question. Uh, I mainly wear a Garmin every day. Uh, right now I'm wearing the Garmin Epix Gen 2. It's not, it's not because I think the Epix is the, the best watch on the market. I think it's really good, and it suits my needs really well. I really, really like the Apple Watch Ultra, but it's still the the battery life of like three or four days without activities is still not really there for me. Um, I I love wearing it, you know, as a daily driver. It's really a pleasant device to use. I love the fact I can take phone calls on it, um, but the battery life still isn't there for me for day-to-day life. So I've been wearing the Garmin, but that's just me. I mean, your mileage may vary, I'm just very picky when it comes to to battery life, unfortunately. Next question is from MCBert152. Have you tried the 4x4x48 challenge? Uh, So if you're unaware what this is, it's basically you run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. I think that's how it works. Four miles every four hours uh, for 48 hours. No, I haven't tried it. I have thought about... thought about it. I think, was it David Goggins who came up with this challenge? Uh, it is something that's been on my mind and, you know, it seemed kind of fun. It would actually be fun to make a video about it, you know, and kind of document how it goes. So maybe, maybe in the spring I'll try that. But to answer your question, no, I haven't yet. 
Next question is from Rodri BA. Do you think there will be a Garmin Phoenix with in-reach technology built in? Man, I've been saying this for years. I, you know, ever since I got an in-reach mini, I, I've been saying, man, I hope this technology shrinks even further so we can fit it in a watch because how cool would it be to have satellite communication built into your watch without needing an extra thing in your backpack or in your vest? Um, I think someday we might see it, but unfortunately I, I feel like the, the technology is still a little bit too big to be in a wearable. You know, it's, it needs a big antenna. It's a satellite communication device. It's not great on battery, so you need a big battery in there. But hopefully, hopefully they can push the technology a little bit further. And, uh, you know, maybe someday, maybe like three or four years from now. I don't really know. Next question is from Kosov. Says, uh, what do you want to see in the rumored Foreigner 965 or the future Phoenix 8? Uh, That's a good question. So... I think the first thing is that skin temperature sensor would be kind of cool to see. Um, other than that, I would like to see LTE built in. If you've been following Garmin at all, they released a new device for kids called the Garmin Bounce that has LTE communication built into it. And that's a kid's watch. That's like 140 bucks. I would love to see that tech- technology make its way into the bigger brothers, into the, you know, the Phoenixes and the foreigners. Uh, just seems like natural progression to do that. And I'm really hopeful for the next generation of Garmin wearables to have that. Next question from it's Melissa lay. It's Melissa lay. When did you start running? Uh, I don't remember the actual year, but I want to say I was in my mid twenties it came running came late in life to me. I was, I was not a very athletic kid going through, you know, middle school, high school. I was actually more of a creative kid. I, I played in a band and I, I was really into like graphic design and things like that. Um, and then later in life when I met my, my wife, I decided to become a little bit fitter and I started running and I believe that happened right around, I don't know. I was probably like 25 if I had to put my finger on it, maybe earlier, maybe like 24, 25. That's, I think that's accurate. <laughs> uh, it's Melissa lay also asks, have you ever had a serious running or sports injury? Yes, I have. So right around that time frame in the early days of, you know, maybe 20, 26 years old. Um, I actually had a pretty traumatic knee injury And it wasn't from running itself, but it could have been a byproduct of running. Um, I stepped off a ladder, kind of funny, and my knee dislocated, uh, full dislocation. And during the dislocation, it actually fractured a piece of my kneecap, my patella, and required surgery. So they had to go in um, and do a laparoscopic surgery to smooth out the cartilage in my right knee. Uh, And unfortunately, it they basically just cut out the cartilage. So it's not like it healed or got better. They just kind of smoothed smoothed it off uh, so that it's bearable to walk and run on. Now, fortunately, I haven't run into a lot of issues nowadays. I really, it took years of recovery before I could run again, you know, comfortably, but I'm at a point now where it's pretty stable. I can still feel it sometimes, but 
it's pretty stable. Next question from James Phoenix. Thoughts on running with your kids and encouraging them. I think it's great if you can pull it off. Um, for me, the most I can do with my, you know, my 10 year old, he'll run a mile with me, but, uh, he won't go much further than that. And I don't, I try to encourage him, but I also don't want to push him too much into it because I, I want him to think it's fun. So it's a, it's a balancing act. Like I don't want to force it, but I also want them to enjoy it. But I also need my me time as well. Um, so unfortunately I can't take them on every run because I can't have everyone be every run, just be one mile. Uh, so it is, it's a balancing act. I think there's a lot of parents out there that are way better at it than me. Um, but I'm trying and hopefully I can get them out there more this spring and summer. If you could, Oh, this is from feel the need. If you could run with any celebrity, who would it be? And why? That's a good question. Um, I think, hmm, I think I would go with Casey Neistat. He's a, uh, you know, famous YouTuber. If you've watched YouTube, you probably know who he is. There's a couple of reasons why. I think he's a really interesting guy. I would love to pick his brain and, like, uh, try to understand his creative process. But on top of that, he's also an avid runner. He runs every single day. Every morning he runs, like, a half marathon. So it would be pretty interesting in both the running side of things and from a content creator side of things to learn more about him. He's not a huge celebrity, but that's who I would pick. McConnell uh, asks, I've been training with low heart rate and my Garmin is now telling me my VO2 max is decreasing. Why is that? That's hard to say. So this could be a variety of factors. Again, I'm, I'm not a coach or a doctor or anything. So just Take this from, from my perspective. Um, so the first thing I would caution you is reading too much into your your Garmin stats, like your VO2 max. If, you're, if your heart rate sensor isn't perfectly accurate, you're not going to get a good representation of your fitness level. And you may not even know it. You know, it might seem accurate, but it could be off. Um, and, you know, I would also listen to your body. If you feel good, if you feel like your fitness is going up, even if your watch is telling you it's decreasing, you know, that's kind of a red flag. On the other hand, there could be some truth to it. You know, people respond differently to different training methods. There isn't a one size fits all solution out there. And depending on what you're doing, maybe your body reacts better to, you know, higher aerobic or anaerobic states for training. Um, I don't really know the answer to the question. All I know is, I just wouldn't put like all, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it as the gospel. Like this is decreasing because Garmin says so it, the Garmin's just a tool and sometimes they're wrong. So maybe if you're really into it, if you really want to know, see if you can get a lab test somewhere, you know, I think it's a couple hundred bucks for a VO2 max test. That might be peace of mind. If you want to track how your training's going, um, or, you know, try a different device or I, you know, I don't really know, but I wouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. It's basically the moral of the story there. So I'm sorry. I can't be more helpful than that. Uh, next question comes from Jones, David 81. I moved to the Apple watch recently. Are there any apps for the Apple watch that rival Garmin's body battery, uh, on the Apple watch? Yes. There's a couple of that are pretty good. 
So I actually have a whole video about this. There's one app called Athletic, that's A-T-H-L-Y-T-I-C. And then there's another app called Elite HRV. And both of those are really good for tracking your wellness and you know your everyday life and your energy levels. Um, Athletic is a little bit more like uh, Garmin's body battery in that it's actually got complications that you can install on your watch face and see at a glance what your fatigue level is for the day. I found it to be pretty interesting and um, go check out my YouTube video about it because I go more in depth on how it works. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think Athletic is a pretty good alternative. I still like Gar- Garmin's body battery more. I think it's just more reliable and it integrates into the Garmin Connect ecosystem a little bit be- better uh, where the Athletic app on the Apple Watch feels a little bit more fractured because it's not made by Apple. It doesn't tie into everything else, but it is still pretty useful. Next question is from Ultra Hiller. Do you think Garmin is putting out too many devices these days considering the rumors of the 965 and 265? I've often wondered that myself. I remember like, you know, what, 10 years ago when I got my first Garmin, I bought a Garmin Phoenix One. And at the time, they really didn't have that many devices. They had the the Phoenix, the uh, 725 at the time, I think, the 625. There were like four five major devices. Now they've got countless number of devices, including variants like the Enduro 2 or the Tactics. There's so many garments out there. And yeah, it's a little overwhelming. I think, you know, it's easy to look at it from both perspectives. Like in one sense, I like that there's options for just about everybody. On the other hand, it's pretty confusing for the consumer when you're just a casual runner and you're like, I want a Garmin. Where do you go? There's so many devices, but I guess that's why I have a YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I think there might be just a few too many. It's the, the market's getting pretty saturated at this point. Next question is from Gino Alter where What does Polar need to do to keep up with the competition with their next release? Good question. So Polar, you know, five years ago, Polar was very competitive. They had uh, really good sleep tracking. They had good heart rate performance. They decent battery life, cool looking devices. And the Polar Flow ecosystem was really mature and fun to use. Now in 2023, all of those things are still true, but the competition has gotten so much better And I feel like companies like Koros and Garmin have really pushed the envelope and developed a lot in the past couple of years where Polar, it's still kind of the same. The menu system is very much the same as it used to be. Um, They haven't really developed anything new or unique, like even including an SPO2 sensor on their watches. Um, There's really not a whole lot of innovation, even though they've released new devices There's just nothing new about them. So I think for them to stay competitive on the next big release, like the Vantage V or whatever they come up with, they're going to need to include offline music storage in the device, Uh, maybe more advanced mapping, you know, some sort of breadcrumb navigation or something. They had that on the Grid X Pro, but it still wasn't that great. And 
I would even like to see like a, uh, some sort of like polar app store or something along those lines, uh, along with more responsive menus. I would like to see their menu system like totally overhauled just because it feels a little bit clunky by today's standards. But, you know, all things considered, they still do make good devices. I, I just hope they don't get buried by all the innovation that's happening by all of their competitors. Next question is from Joshua Culp. Does running power actually matter and contribute to better training? It really depends how you use it. So again, I'm not a coach or a doctor or anything, but um, running power, the, the real value to running power is that it's an instantaneous reaction. You can see your effort level in real time on your watch. Whereas if you're going by heart rate, your heart rate needs time to settle in to a lower or higher pace. So if you're running along and you pick up your pace, your heart rate isn't going to react immediately while running power will. Now, all that said, if you are used to running by heart rate, you know the feel, you know what 180 beats per minute feels like and how fast you'd be running at that point. Is there more value in running power? Probably not. If It really comes down to how you, as a person, utilize the tool. Running power is just another tool to help you in your training. And I think if you used correctly, it can be a really valuable tool. It's a lot more insightful than just going by heart rate. But again, if you know how to train by heart rate, it's probably pretty similar. And to be honest, it's become sort of a buzzword, running power and Apple Watch and Stride Pods and Coros. And, you know, it became kind of a, a fad for a while. Now, not to say it's a bad thing. I, I do like running power. I just think that it's another metric and it can be useful if you know how to use it. Next question is from Vasco Diaz 98. Have you ever thought about bike packing or cycling in general? Uh, yeah. So like I said, my toes broken right now and I actually just brought a stationary bike home to get my cardio in. I've been considering getting another mountain bike. I used to really enjoy mountain biking. That was like my bread and butter for years. Um, I would, you know, go ride after work every single day of the week and I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, it is something I want to get back into, but like I tell everybody, I only have time for one hobby and my hobby right now is running. <laughs> That's kind of the way it is. Next question is from Corley Brent. Would you choose Koros over Garmin? Question mark. Not necessarily. Um, I, I'm, I basically wear a Garmin every day of my life. Not to say I don't like Koros. In fact, I really like what they're doing. I, the past couple of years, they've moved a lot. They've made a lot of progress. Um, but the Garmin ecosystem is still something I have a lot of historical data in, and it's hard to throw that away. So I think the way I like to look at Garmin versus Koros is that if you are looking for a simple device without a ton of bells and whistles and, you know, complications, the Koros platform is a great way to go. It's really very simple. It's very easy to use. It's very reliable. And it still offers a lot of training tools with Coros Evo Labs. So they offer a lot at a pretty competitive price point with great battery life. Now, if you're looking for more of a smartwatch, like you're trying to bridge the gap between something like an Apple Watch and something like a Coros, I think Garmin is a good middle of the road because 
they have a little bit, they've, they've got more features. They've got the app store, the Garmin connect IQ store, and you know, it just kind of bridges that gap a little bit more. It's still not like an Apple watch, but it's a little bit closer and it's got more features. So, uh, it really depends what you're looking for. I like both in different ways. Um, and I don't think you'd, you'd be disappointed either way. It's, it's kind of a hard question to answer. Uh, and the final question here is from Quietic. I can't even, it's uh, I think it's Greek letters and I can't pr- pronounce them properly. It's he, he asks, uh, what's wrong with Garmin watch faces in the connect IQ store. They all seem to drain battery. Yeah. So this is a common complaint from a lot of people. Unfortunately, Garmin has no control over third party developers. So if anybody invents a watch face and it's a battery hog, uh, they can't, they can't do anything about it. It, It's really, you know, if you download a watch face, that's got a bunch of graphical, you know, information on it like that. I think there's one with like super Mario on it. That's he's jumping. And it's like a little video of him jumping. That's going to chew through battery life like crazy because the watch is refreshing its its screen over and over again to create that animation. Animations are bad for battery life, unfortunately. So for me personally, I usually tend to stick to the built-in watch faces that come on the watch from Garmin, and I don't usually download third-party because, yeah, they tend to kill the battery, which is not great. Okay, and that was the final question from the Q&A. And I think that wraps up this entire episode. Kind of a short one this week, but I did want to to put something out there, touch base with you, the listener, because I'm still alive. There's a lot going on behind the scenes here that you haven't seen, and there's going to be a ton of content to come on both the podcast and on the YouTube channel. So make sure you stick around. In the next episode of the podcast, I think I will have a guest, which is pretty exciting. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to start getting the podcast back on a regular cadence. And I apologize for being MIA for a little bit. I hope you enjoyed listening along today. And thanks everybody for their questions through Instagram. Really appreciate that. One more big shout out to the Patreon members and the YouTube members. I really appreciate your support. You're getting me one step closer to doing this as a real job. And uh, thank you so much. If you're interested in checking out the Patreon, check out the link at the bottom of the show notes. By the way, if you enjoyed this podcast and you find it fun, I would really appreciate it if you hit the little five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. That could be Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you have a little star rating system, please hit the five-star button. It really helps me out. And consider leaving a comment as well, letting me know what you like about the podcast because I like to go through and read those and I really appreciate it. Okay, friends, that's all I've got for this week. I hope you enjoy the podcast and I will see you next time or you'll you'll hear me next time. This isn't video. I'm still getting used to that. Okay, bye. Bye.